The leader of this coalition is, an, is a man named Gog. Well, not actually, it's a nation of Gog. The ruler of Magog. This is why the invading force is known as, as Gog of Magog Coalition. According to Ezekiel, this alliance will send us an overwhelming force to invade Israel in the last days. And today, for the first time in human history, we see the alliance forming. There's such a number of last day occurrences coming together now. Um, it seems like everything is happening closer together, more often. So many signs, so many different things tell us that we're in the last days. So now as we read in Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 38, 1 through 23, and I'm going to read the entire thing to you in the Amplified Translation. It'll take a little while, but we have a little while. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, of Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, chief prince, ruler of Rosh, of Meshach, and Tubal, and I will turn you turn you back and put hooks in your jaws and I will bring you forth and all your army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed in full armor, a great army with buckler and shield, all of them handling swords, Persia, Cush, and put with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his hordes, the house of Torgamoth. Do you remember all those names that I read earlier in Genesis? These are all the same names. They're not people, they're places. In the uttermost parts of the north, all of his hordes, many people are with you. You, Gog, be prepared. Yes, prepare yourself, you and all your companies that are assembled about you, and you be a guard and commander for them. After many days you shall be visited and mustered for service. In the latter years you shall go against the land that is restored from the ravages of the sword, where people are gathered out of many nations upon the mountains of Israel, which had been continual waste, Israel, the land, was a waste at one time. Literally, a, a deserted place where nobody wanted to live. And since the Hebrews have come back, the Jews have come back, it's become a flowering garden, just as it was promised. But as people are brought forth out of the nations and shall dwell securely, all of them, according to Isaiah 24, 22, you shall ascend and come like a storm. You should be like a cloud, over the land, and you shall, you and all your hosts and many people with you. Thus says the Lord God, at the same time thoughts shall come to your mind, and you will devise an evil plan, and you will say, and you will go up against an open country, the land of unwalled villages, and I will fall upon those who are at rest, who dwell securely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take spoil and prey, to turn your hand upon the desolate places now inhabited and assail the people gathered out of the nations who have, who have obtained livestock and goods who dwell at the center of the earth. The center of the earth being at that time Palestine. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all their lion-like cubs or satellite areas so say shall say to you, have you come to take spoil? This morning there was an article published in uh, Telegram by Amir Tsavarti regarding the threat 
of Iran against, to, to fire missiles against the oil well drilling rig that was just placed in the sea to provide oil for um, Israel. The spoils now are pretty clear. Israel has goods, Israel has treasure, Israel has oil, Israel has gas, all things that Russia wants. All things that Russia wants. Have you gathered your host to take prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to take great spoil? Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, thus says the Lord God, in that day when my people Israel dwell securely, will you not know it and be aroused? And you will come from your place out of the uttermost parts of the north. You and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great host, a mighty army. And you shall come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land in the latter days. And I realize, excuse me. I will bring against you my land that nations may know and understand and realize me with my holiness shall be vindicated through you. Vindicated and honored in your overwhelming destruction. O Gog, before their eyes, thus says the Lord God, are you he of whom I have spoken in olden times by my servants and prophets of Israel who prophesied in those days, by year, days for years that I would come and bring against you, bring you against them, Gog, but in that day when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, my wrath shall come up into my nostrils for my jealousy. And in the fire of my wrath, I have I said, surely in that day there shall be a great shaking or cosmic catastrophe in the land of Israel. So that the fishes of the sea and the birds of the heavens and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall tremble and shake at my presence, and the mountain shall be thrown down, and the steep places shall fall away, and every wall, natural or artificial, shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against Gog throughout my, all my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother over the, over the dividing of booty. And with the pestilence and with the bloodshed, I will enter into, into judgment and I will rain upon him, upon his hordes, and upon many peoples that are in the torrents of rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus will I demonstrate my greatness and my holiness, and I will be recognized, understood, and known in the eyes of many nations. Yes, they shall know that I am the Lord, the sovereign ruler, who calls forth loyalty and obedient service. It's a lot of reading, but it's a dynamic message. Which nations does Ezekiel describe? He identifies the invading nations as Magog, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, Persia, Cush, Put, Gomer, and Beth Togarmath, Ezekiel 38, 1 through 6. But if you look on a 22 map of the globe, you won't find any of these nations. So how can we say an alliance is forming? Because these are ancient biblical names for these nations. And they were also names of people who lived in those places. Remember what we talked about in Genesis. These countries had names. It's kind of like, I'm from California, so I'm a Californian. We have 50 places that you could call nations by the people who lived there. Although there are fewer people in California now. Most of them are up here. 
Because these are ancient biblical names of these nations, and while their names have been changed over the years, we can still locate them today on a map. And these are the new names, the current names of each nation. Rosh is Russia. Magog is Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, and Turkmenistan. Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, and Afghanistan. Persia is Iran. Kush is Sudan. Put is Libya. Libya. Meshach, Tubal, Gomer, and Beth Torgamoth are Turkey. All of those people are the people that are lined up as part of this prophecy of Ezekiel. Putin, Putin's visit to Tehran will mark the third nation he's visited since the Ukraine war began, and all three, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, and Iran, are part of the Gog-Magog alliance. Moreover, during the course of these three visits, Putin will meet with two additional members of the Gog-Magog alliance, Kazakhstan and Turkey. Is this a coincidence? I don't think so. It's been centuries since Ezekiel first recorded these prophecies, Yet this alliance has never existed before. Never. But now, today, we see it coming together. It's an unlikely alliance. Putin's trip to Tehran to meet with Iranian and Turkish leaders should be of particular interest to those of us who study the Bible. Why? Because until recently, these three nations were an unlikely alliance. First, these three nations have never been aligned in all of human history. Secondly, Turkey is a member of NATO and until recently actively sought EU membership. Third, for most of recorded history, Russia and Iran had a turbulent relationship with little cooperation. In fact, until the death of the Ayatollah Khomeini, who deemed Islam incompatible with, incompatible with the atheism of the Soviet Union, the modern nation of Iran had little to do with Russia. But in recent years, Russia's ties with both nations have strengthened. Following the death of the Ayatollah and the end of the Iran-Iraq War in 1989, Russia, which was then part of the Soviet Union, started selling arms to Iran. In 1995, the Russian Ministry for Atomic Energy signed an agreement with Iran to finish the Bashir nuclear power plant. The civil war in Syria was another area of cooperation between the two countries. Russia and Iran share a common interest when it comes to keeping Syrian President Bashar Assad in power. Russia has a vested interest in retaining access to the Syrian naval base in Tartus and stopping the spread of ISIS. As a longtime ally of Assad, Iran is also, a military, also has military forces in Syria. In addition, Iran is the primary sponsor of Hezbollah, a radical terrorist organization. Hezbollah has been openly operated in Syria under Assad, and of course it's in direct conflict with Israel virtually all the time through terrorist activities. It's clear Russia and Iran have strengthened their diplomatic, economic, and military ties, but what about Turkey? Of all the members of the Gog-Magog coalition, Turkey is the most interesting. Why? Because it seems an even more an unlikely ally of Russia in an invasion of Israel. Following World War I, Turkey established a secular Western democracy and became a model democratic republic in the Middle East. In 1949, Turkey became the first Muslim majority nation to recognize Israel. In 1952, it joined NATO. For the latter part of the 20th century, 
Turkey was a strong ally of Israel and the U.S. and other Western nations. My cousin was stationed in Turkey, in Istanbul. This would, um, this would have further solidified the nation's Western ties. Instead, an event took place that reshaped the future of Turkey. In 2003, Turkey elected Erdogan prime minister. A former member of a banned Islamist political party, Erdogan's administration has been hostile towards Turkey's secular and democratic institutions. Under Erdogan, Turkey has formed an, a turned from its traditional uh, Western allies and cultivated relationships with nations that oppose Western democracy. In, 19, six, in 2016, Erdogan cracked down on his political opponents following what he claimed was a coup attempt. He imprisoned thousands of citizens and consolidated his, his grip. A 2017 referendum further extended that power. Now, the president, Erdogan, is the undisputed ruler of Turkey. The nation once hailed as a model of freedom and democracy in the Muslim world has quickly devolved into a totalitarian regime eager to befriend America's enemies. In September 2018, Turkey met with the leaders of Russia and Iran and Tehran to discuss the future of Syria. In February 2019, Turkey met the leaders of Russia, Iran, and Sochi to co coordinate joint military plans in Syria. Now these nations are meeting again in Tehran. The relationship between Putin and Erdogan is strong and growing. All that's left is to permanently move Turkey into Russian ally column is a clear break between Turkey and NATO. And what could cause that? We may be seeing it happen now because worldwide there is a famine on the horizon and Turkey is right in the middle of it. Turkey is experiencing massive inflation. We think ours is bad at 9.1, theirs is closer to 50. They also counted on Ukraine for a significant portion, significant portion of their food supply. Inflation and food shortage threaten Erdogan's grip on power. Where can he get a steady supply of energy and food? Russia, the other breadbasket of that part of the country. It may be what finally drives Turkey into Russia's corner. When that happens, the key players in the Gog-Magog alliance will all be in place. So when will this happen? The Bible says it will come in the latter days. The original Hebrew word for this is akarath, which means after, the after part, the latter part, the last or close or end. In other words, this alliance will form in the last days just prior to the re return of Jesus Christ. Ezekiel uses the same word eight verses later when he says the invasion will come in the last days. This is confirmed again when Ezekiel reveals the Russians' leader's thoughts. Gog says to himself, I will attack the once abandoned cities now populated with Jews who returned from exile among the nations. We all know that Jews have been coming from all over the world to return to Israel, the land that was promised them by God. This going on now, although Russia now is trying to interfere with that, trying to stop the Jews from leaving Russia more people in, in Israel to fight against them. But they don't realize it won't be Israel that's fighting against them. They will be fighting God, and they lose. We know because we read the end of the book. In other words, the target is modern-day Israel, 
This means the invasion is coming in our day and time. Ezekiel stresses this fact again and again when he says the invasion will occur after Israel's people have been gathered from among many nations. Ezekiel 38.8. And when I bring my people home from the enemy nations, Ezekiel 39.27. This return home from among many nations has happened only once in all of human history, and that's modern-day Israel. While we wait for that moment, the military forces of the three most powerful members of Gog, the Gog-Magog Alliance, Russia, Iran, and Turkey, are now cooperating in Syria. This puts their joint military forces right on Israel's border, and not just any border. It's the northern border. Just as prophesied in Ezekiel, they're ready to come from the north. This is where Ezekiel said the invading force will come from. North of Israel, Ezekiel 38.15 and 39.2. Is it a coincidence? I don't think so. Never in history have these three nations formed an alliance. Now they're all stationed directly to Israel's north. The stage is set for the fulfillment of the Ezekiel 38.39 prophecy. Turkey has made a strategic alliance it's a strategic choice to align itself with Russia and Iran. Eventually, Russia, Iran, Turkey, and the other nations of the alliance will send an overwhelming invasion force against Israel. And when they do, God will destroy them and display his power and glory for all the nations to see. It's one more sign of how close we are to the second coming of Jesus. The rise of the Gog-Magog alliance is a major sign of the end times and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Remember, Ezekiel said this coalition will, ex uh, will attack Israel in the last days, Ezekiel 38, 16, after they've been gathered from among many nations. The prophet Jeremiah spoke about this same thing, gathering from many, many nations. He said, Jeremiah said, God would gather the remnant of his flock from the nations where he had driven them and will be, bring them back to the land, Jeremiah 23, 3 and 4. And then... And then God will rise up a righteous descendant of King David, a king who will rule the land with wisdom. Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6. This righteous king is a long-awaited Messiah. Through the prophet Micah, God promised to gather his exiles and form them into a strong nation. Then he promised to rule from Jerusalem as their king forever. Micah 4, 6 and 7. The modern-day nation of Israel is the fulfillment of God's promise to regather his people back to the land of Israel. So it shouldn't come as a surprise to see Russia, Iran, Turkey, and the other nations that Ezekiel noted in cooperation with one another. According to the Bible, it's only a matter of time before they attack Israel. And after that, it's only a matter of time before Jesus returns to, to, to his <laughs> establish his everlasting kingdom, as we read in Revelation 22:20, 20. Take note, Jesus is coming. I think we all can have a big hoot and holler and cheer. Jesus is coming. And everything that the Bible says, everything that the word of God said is happening. And we, the only people in history, are seeing it happen now right now. Convergence of floods and famines and earthquakes and pestilence. All of these things are converging at the same time and there's more and more frequency. You cannot 
turn a blind eye to what's going on right now. We are going to experience probably next year, a real food supply shortage. Why? Because farmers can't run their fields in electric tractors and combines, and they don't have enough fertilizer to plant decent crops. And there's a virtual drought, and what water is available is being restrained. Not only in California, where the water that's coming from Lake Mead is down to the point where now they're finding human remains that have been dumped there by people who, years ago, they're there. They're finding them virtually every week because the water level keeps dropping and more and more is disclosed. We don't have enough diesel fuel. Truck drivers will know that. And when they do have it, it's so expensive, they're not driving their trucks. But if they do, what they ship costs more by the time it gets to the store. And if it costs more at the store, it costs more out the door. We are the ones who pay for that. And we will continue to pay until we can't pay. I just want to put out a warning, folks. This is the time when we should be telling people that Jesus is coming and you should be ready. And those of us who know that if we died today, we would go to heaven. We wouldn't have to be questioned hard at all about why should I let you into my heaven because it's simple. We know that we know that we know. But there are people that we know, our friends, our family, that don't know. And I, for one, will feel bad if I go and leave somebody behind who should have gone and I didn't tell them at least this is the way. Walk in it. So if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and I don't think there's anybody here who doesn't, but if you don't, now is the time. You're not guaranteed one more heartbeat. I'm 82 years old. My heart has beaten 100,000 times a year. Figure that out mathematically, one of you geniuses. But it's an old, tired heart, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but if every breath that the Lord gives me is a gift, every heartbeat is a gift. And you know what? Every heartbeat and every breath that you take is a gift, too, because you're not guaranteed the next one. Amen. And the only way, the only way that you can be sure of where you're going to spend eternity is the decision that you make today or have made in the past which I hope is the case for most of you. But if you haven't made that decision today, I invite you, come up and see Pastor, myself, Pastor Nelly, any of us, that we, we can help you make that decision. And we'd love to do it. Pastor, you gave me 30 minutes, and I made it. So I thank you all. God bless you all. Pastor, you want to close in the word of prayer.
seen the prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes. So it would still encourage us to go out and tell people the fleet are about to come. But this generation of evil needs to repent and turn to you. Father, we pray you would give us a heart for the lost, for those that don't know you. There's so many people perishing. But we see that the harvest is right, that the labors are few. Help us, Lord, to be a labor that can go out into the harvest and to warn people that judgment has already begun to start. It's already began to start right now. It's already happening. Use us, we pray, these last days and last times. Help us, Lord, to continue to grow in your word and grace. Most of all, use our lives as a vessel of 